Speech from the Throne Day at Queen's Park. <laughs> no, hold on. All right, hold on. It's just, it's more than people in, you know, funny hats, the guy carrying the giant mace, the giant... That big gold stick. And I always, every time I see that thing, I think to myself, if you got your hands on that and you just took it into like the, you know, the gold guy, that guy, like what would you get for it? Is it, I don't know, is it gold plated? Is it solid gold? I'm not suggesting you steal it, but I'm just, I look at it and I think, you know, considering the deficit and the debt, maybe, I don't know, we could get like, we could just paint something gold. We just get some gold sp- Spray paint and maybe just melt that thing down. We could use the cash. Well, the uh, speech from the throne happened today, and here's a shocker, ladies and gentlemen. It's vague and noncommittal. Welcome to a speech from the throne. That's what speeches from the throne generally are. But why is that making news today? Well, a couple reasons. couple reasons. One, we prorogue the House. Doug Ford said, you know, we're proroguing. Proroguing. Uh, and we're not coming back because we need a big reset. You see, we need to really reset the way that uh, the government's going to handle things heading forward. Of course, we're heading towards an election, June 2nd next year. June 2nd next year, we go back to the polls. Turns out that the prorogation, surprise, surprise, was more about keeping our heads down, progressive conservatives, keeping the heads down during the federal election campaign. So out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. Not here. So now the election's over, and we're back, and we get the the speech from the throne, and guess what? There's just basically nothing in it. There's just, it's not like, in, it's even thin on platitudes, which is saying something, right? Uh, but it did have this. It did, it did have this to follow the speech from the throne. Here is Andrea Horvath. Uh, trying out, I think, what is going to be maybe a, a bumper sticker for her. I don't know. I think this is a campaign pro- campaign thing. I think she's trying out some new lines here in advance of next June's election. Here's Andrew Horvath. Doug Ford made it clear again. He's not here for you. Dofo's not here for you. No, sir. No Dofo for you. Doug Ford, actually not in the legislature for the speech from the throne. He's in the northern portion of the province. His itinerary says he'll be back tomorrow afternoon, which means he won't be back for a question period, the first question period tomorrow. And Doug Ford, as you may know, has been keeping a fairly low profile. So there's a couple of things at play here. One, where, where's Dofo? Andrea, you want to hit that again? Doug Ford made it clear again. He's not here for you. Okay, so there's that. You got that. Doug Ford keeping a low profile. And on the other hand, wait a second, we were supposed to be the Great Reset? We didn't get a... Pardon me. We we didn't get a new plan for the province (laughs) at all. We didn't really get that. And then here's the other thing, and I think this is the most important and most interesting part of today, is what has happened with MPP Lindsay Park of Durham, who's been demoted demoted as parliamentary assistant to the attorney general after saying, yeah, I'm getting vaxxed, totally vaxxed, 100% vaxxed. Oh, me? me? No. Um, Here's my medical exemption. Oh, that doesn't look good. That is, as uh, Stephen Del Duca, the leader of the uh, liberals, has said, not a good look. Not a good look. Sabrina Nanji, 
Sabrina Nanji is a reporter with the Queens Park Observer. Always great to have you on the program, Sabrina. What'd you make? What, what's your What's your headline from today's speech from the throne? Hi, Helen. Um, I think you I think you hit it on the head. It was a bit of a snooze fest today. The throne speech. Uh, you know, we it was a long time coming. MPPs were initially supposed to come back to the House in the middle of September. You know, that, that business of policymaking and passing laws, but the Ford government decided to prorogue. And I think after today's throne speech, a lot of us are kind of left scratching our heads over why. Like, it might be easier to talk about what the throne speech didn't mention. Um, you know, things like education and childcare, housing affordability and climate change, you know, issues that factored big into the federal campaign, which, of course, was the official line from the Ford government. They said, the reason why they were proroguing in the first place was uh, because of all this uncertainty at the federal level. But, uh, you know, it's it's been over a week now. House of Commons looks pretty much the same. Um, and things are kind of the same at Queen's Park, too. There was a lot of talk about health care and long-term care, but it was sort of just, you know, re-upping stuff that we already knew was coming. Uh, you know, long-term care standards. There's going to be some legislation that Rod Phillips cabled in the coming weeks. Um but there's there's really uh, you know not much in terms of uh, you know election goodies specifics on that you know they promised no tax hikes or spending cuts that type of thing but I think like you said it was interesting to me that Lindsay Park and uh, you know some of the shenanigans happening with caucus vaccination status and some of the new rules at Queens Park you know have to show proof of a vaccine or a negative test uh, you know Randy Hillier tweeting and deleting about tar and feathering MPPs, it, it got pretty intense, uh, you know, it's the night before, and I think that that's kind of stolen some of the thunder of the throne speech a bit. Well, there's, there's no thunder. There's not even a cloud. There's nothing in there. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show what I think what we all knew, is, which is this was about keeping quiet during the federal election. I mean, and you can see why. Because if, you know, if the House had been in session, we would have had question period right in the middle of the election campaign, and that could have, you know, that could have prompted some uncomfortable questioning for uh, the premier, who was, you know, desperate to keep a, a low profile. But let's talk about Lindsay Park, because this, I think, really is the most interesting thing. And, and all the opposition parties and the opposition leaders who spoke after the speech today said, doesn't make sense that Rick Nichols, Rick Nichols, who was booted from the PC caucus for saying, I'm not getting a vaccine. I'm sorry, I'm just not. And so they booted him, and now he sits as an independent. Lindsey Park says, yeah, sure, I'll get a vaccine, no problem. And then later hands a, a note in saying, oh, uh, I have a medical exemption. Uh, in other words, not telling the whole truth. And she gets to remain in caucus. How does that make sense? Yeah, they're, they're going to have to face some questions on this. Um, Paul Calandra, the House leader, I mean, his press conference uh, with reporters, you know, I'm sure he wanted to talk more about the throne speech. Uh, and, you know, he was, it was dominated by questions about Lindsay Park. Um, you know, as the government puts it, she misrepresented her vaccination status. I think that's another way of saying she essentially lied to her, her caucus mates. Um, and we don't know the specifics of a medical exemption. And the government kind of has an out there that they'll, you know, uh, chalk it up to HR, human resources issue. We don't disclose that. Um, but it, it is uh, going to raise some eyebrows about, the difference between how Rick Nichols is being treated or was treated, you know, he got the boot for flat out refusing to get the, vac the vaccine. Uh, you know, he says he doesn't want it. Um, and Lindsay Park, you know, we don't know the details of her medical exemption, but I think that's also something that 
opposition critics were pointing out is, uh, you know, as Andrea Horvath said, it's statistically curious, I guess is, is how she wants to phrase it, that, you know, in a caucus of 70 people, some a very rare exemption, um, there are only so many valid exemptions uh, mm-hmm. by the government's own public health standards that, uh, you know, there, there's questions, I think, that, that uh, you know, the handling of it and also the circumstances, but the government isn't really giving us much more than, you know, saying just trust us. It's, it's two people who have an exemption um, in our caucus. And, and yeah, that's right, because there's, there's two, there's two MPPs, right? Two PC MPPs. Who's the other PC MPP? That's right. The other one is Christina Midas. Um, she presented an exemption. We don't know the specifics of that, but she presented it right around the time uh, Rick Nichols was booted as well. So uh, I think even now with MPPs coming back to the House, the Speaker has new rules in place where you either show your proof of vaccination status. I, I had security check mine on my phone. Um, I just have a little PDF screenshot saved of that until we get our QR codes later this month. But uh, yeah, everyone needs, either needs to show that or a recent negative test within 48 hours. Otherwise, you're not allowed in the building. So I think that uh, a lot of MPPs who maybe misrepresented their status, let's put it that way, you know, they're going to get called out uh, mm. at some point, uh, coming back to Queen's Park now. You ready for this? the fun, Sabrina? Ooh, the fun kicks off tomorrow with question period. It's going to be good. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to see the premiere. Um, and, and you're right, you know, there's a lot of questions that they haven't had to face uh, over the past couple of weeks, especially with the federal campaign too, and then a, a little longer uh, than that, uh, the premier will be on his way back from the north, so we won't see him um, there to face questions. But I'm hearing that the opposition party leaders are going to be hitting hard on um, the return to schools. You know, the lack of rapid testing that's available for families. You know, uh, businesses sort of getting a, a precedence there. Families aren't happy about that. So the, the opposition is going to be hitting them hard over that. And also uh, the, the dispute with optometrists as well, which uh, has resulted in OHIP-funded eye exams. So seniors and children, people who need this stuff the most, uh, you know, they're not getting eye, mm-hmm. eye tests right now. Um, there's a lot this government has to answer for. I'm, I'm happy that, you know, Paul Calandra, the House leader, was up to answer questions today. I, I look forward to hopefully seeing the premier soon. Uh I don't know if we'll be seeing him as regularly as, uh, you know, during the height of the pandemic. But um, today it was it was nice to not have to deal with the teleconference and ask questions with my colleagues in the room. And I, I hope that keeps up. That sounds great, Sabrina. Thank you so much. Please take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Alan. That is Sabrina Nanji, who's a reporter with Queen's Park Observer.